everyone and welcome to the final episode in our digital mini-series. In our previous episodes, we've spoken about creating and running an online ELT business and online resources for the remote classroom. Today, we'll be talking about virtual reality with our expert, Nergis Kern. Hi, Nergis. Hi, Billy. Hello, nice to meet you. How are you? Fine, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. It's great to have you. Thanks. Thanks for the invitation. So maybe we can start a little bit um, by you telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Okay, the most difficult question (laughs) is the first one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, where to start? I actually, I'm I'm one of those uh, teachers, I think there are quite a few of us in English language teaching who came from other professions into teaching. So I actually started as a photographer. Okay. Uh, in 10th grade, I went into a photography club and I liked it and I thought that's that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I um, I trained as a photographer and I also had one of the, I, I used to live in Germany and um, I co-founded one of the first digital imaging businesses okay. uh, in Germany. So completely different. But um, yeah, I was interested in technology early on. <laughs> Um, and in languages, because I grew up bilingually. So I remember when I was in primary school, I somehow noticed, you know, we speak two different languages at home and at school is yeah. different. Um, so I had the idea of becoming a translator, mm-hmm. which I did actually study for a bit at university later on. Yeah. And I also studied as a bilingual secretary. So these two things went hand in hand. Um, yeah, interest in technology has always been there. And so later when I started actually teaching, it was for me clear that I wanted to use the technology that was available, mm-hmm. especially when you're not in an English speaking country and you're teaching that you, you know, with the internet, you have access to so much material. It just makes sense to use it in your classes Definitely. or with the students. So that's where the connection comes in. Yeah, at some point in my life, I decided I, I needed a change. So, and I wanted to actually improve my own English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I liked that experience so much that I went for it. And I did the CELTA and then the DELTA Amazing. and later on an MA. And the MA is actually in Educational Technology and TESOL mm-hmm. from the University of Manchester. But I had... Um, I met friends who had who were Brazilians and they had a language school in Brazil. So they invited me to teach there. That was one of my first official teaching jobs other than uh, teaching private classes. Mm-hmm. And then in Germany, I also did a lot of uh, in-company teaching, business English, technical English. So your first teaching experience was one-to-one and then you went to the school in Brazil. Yeah, it was one-to-one private lessons mm. and then also in company teaching okay. and yeah then uh, at a school it was in Brazil. Okay so you were quite early to the digital thing I mean now everybody is sort of using digital because of the pandemic but it yeah. sounds like you were using it way before it was sort of popular I guess. Perhaps yeah perhaps because we had uh, we used a lot of technology mm. at work in, in the digital imaging business yeah. so you know, we had the first internet connection, but so I, I uh, had the technology already, if you want. But where it really started is in 2007, I moved to Turkey mm-hmm. and I quickly found out that I didn't 
uh, want to teach uh, private lessons or in company or anything like that here, but I wanted to teach online. So I I joined a group that is called Webheads. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether you've heard about them. They're a group of teachers online that use technology and they they explore technology together and help each other learn um, about technology. And they also have every year, back then it was six weeks, now it's five weeks uh, sessions. Mm -hmm. It's part of TESOL, TESOL Electronic Village. And um, one of the sessions was about technology, using technology in language teaching. Okay. And I joined the first one, I think in 2007 or eight, uh, on Moodle. And then later there was one in which every week you explore different kinds of technologies, uh, different apps, websites, resources, and so on. And that really helped me to see what is available and what you can do. I found out about online teaching, but back then, most of it was really preparing a slide deck okay. in advance, mm -hmm. and then you taught through that. It was Zoom or Skype even didn't exist. Yeah. I felt something was missing mm -hmm. and that something was what I was used from face-to-face -face classrooms or face-to-face one-on-one teaching. And um, then I think it was in one of these EVO sessions that I learned about Second Life. And I said, yes, that, that's exactly it. You know, a place, a virtual place even, but a place, an environment where you can be together with your students. That's how I went into online teaching and exploring how you can improve that online experience. So by using virtual reality in sort of an online classroom? Exactly, yeah. And how does um, that work exactly? Well, maybe we can start by defining exactly what virtual reality is and, and how can we use that in an online class? Okay, now virtual reality people understand different things by it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a bit confusing sometimes because many use also now virtual for online. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you see virtual class, they don't really mean virtual reality, but they mean an online class, a Zoom class. Um, so that's not what, we, what we're talking about. Virtual reality, again, most teachers think of 360-degree videos because mm -hmm. that's the... Um, the experience that uh, most teachers have with virtual reality and with, you might have heard of Google Cardboard. Yeah. yeah. So that was a cheap way of experiencing virtual reality, immersive virtual reality, that, you know, teachers could even, many teachers bought a set of these Google Cardboards and took them to class. Mm -hmm. And you put them on and you watch on YouTube these 360 degree videos and it feels like you are in that place you can turn around you can you know you can yeah you feel kind of you are in that place so and many teachers use these videos like you would use maybe any other kind of video you know student experiences on their own yeah you're not together with somebody else but the experience it's itself um, is a solo one mm -hmm. Um, and then afterwards, you know, the teacher can ask questions. How do you feel? Uh, how did you feel? What did you see? Uh, and that kind of thing. So that's 360 degree videos. Now, then there is um, what sometimes is called desktop VR. Okay. And this, this is like Second Life is one example. 
and this is a virtual reality application that sits on your computer so you can use any laptop any kind of computer download the program you can compare it to video games perhaps yeah that will be the closest thing that most people have experienced mm-hmm. so you have your you are represented by a figure that is called an avatar that you can you know adapt the way you like and then with that avatar you can experience that virtual world you can go to different places and you can meet your students you can meet other people so that's that's desktop vr and then we have fully immersive vr mm-hmm. which is again experienced with a headset like google cardboard but more advanced mm-hmm. if you want um so these you i'm sure everyone has seen now these goggles that you put put on now again this is not such a new technology it's existed for a while but uh it was very expensive and very cumbersome it was until recently even they were lighter but you still needed a computer to be connected to okay I, yeah, because I think when I think about virtual reality, I think of the headsets, you know, and I was imagining sort of students putting their phones into the headsets and looking around. So it's good to know that there are different kinds of virtual reality as there well. Are, exactly. Now, as I just said, they have, they have become lighter, mm. faster, more sophisticated, better screen resolution and so on. And now the tethering has come off too so now you you're actually mobile okay you can just put the goggles into your bag and and go somewhere or when you are experiencing it when you put it on you don't have to be near your computer mm-hmm. plus the technology now allows you it it has got hand tracking for example mm-hmm. some even have mouse tracking and eye tracking that means that uh, not only do you feel immersed into a world where you can walk around look around but you also move so you for this is very important for language classes mm-hmm. so you can actually uh, gesture and your avatar that represents you in that world gestures as well so okay. um you can shake your hand uh, uh, shake hands you can shake your head you can grab things and and basically in in real life in your physical i don't really like that word real life but in your physical environment you are you you make these movements so i make the grabbing movement and my um the avatar that represents me also grabs and is it a situation where for example with the videos or with the headsets if a student were to use virtual reality would they see an empty classroom or would they see the other students as well? Well, it depends. You have to imagine these headsets like uh, like Quest, for example, one of the most popular ones now, mm. the Oculus Quest um, or HTV Vive. It's a bit like on your smartphone. You have different applications that you can download. Mm-hmm. And if that application is for multiple users, mm-hmm. then you can meet with other people. Wow. Um, for example, uh, a lot of this is used in social, what we call social VR applications. Facebook has got uh, one, for example. Microsoft has got one. Alt Alt Space VR, for example, or VR Chat, Rec Room. There are so many of them. But you can just go there, 
Uh, so you put on your headset, you start that application, and it transports you into this world. And in this world, just like when you go into the city or into a cafe, there are other people, and you can either randomly meet people, mm -hmm. you can agree with friends, you know, uh, let's go and meet. I, you can play uh, sports together, for example. I know people who meet with friends or with family members and they play table tennis. So each of them wow. is in their own homes. Uh, but you can actually play table tennis and really have to make those movements. movements. And you sweat. People do workouts on their own or, or with others. So anyway, so social VR, it's just like if, you, if you're learning a language, just like you would go, let's say you, uh, you travel to the, the country where the target language is spoken, and you go to the city center to meet people, you can do that in VR as well. Okay, excellent. Um, and there are applications where you can be on your own mm -hmm. and you interact, for example, with uh, non-playing uh, characters that are called non-playing characters that are chatbots, really. Mm -hmm. So where you interact with these chatbots and the dialogues are pre-recorded if you want to, so a bit more limited. Okay, interesting. And how easy is it for a teacher to create this 360-degree video if they want to? Um, creating the videos is not that difficult, actually. Everyone uh, almost who's got a more modern smartphone can create at least simple 360-degree videos. Yeah. And some teachers do that. But you also have lots of lots of 360 degree videos on YouTube. There is a specific channel, even where you just have 360 degree videos, you can use those. So you don't really need to create your own. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only reason would be to create your own would be really if you wanted to personalize it, like your own environment, you want to show them where you live, for example. Okay. And in fact, some teachers even have their students create 360-degree videos or use um, what was very popular was Google, um, what was it called now? Where you use Google, Google, it wasn't called Google Explorer. Anyway, it's, they stopped uh, yeah. the development of that now. But it allowed um, students to use these Google View images to create 360-degree experiences where you take your peers to specific places and they can see that area and explore it. So that that is relatively easy to do. I guess it's beneficial if, for example, I did not know that 360 degree videos were a type of virtual reality. So I guess in that sense, could you use it in an activity as a teacher if you wanted your students to maybe do a presentation about let obviously not where they live but maybe um their favorite street in their town for example then they could make a 360 degree video and then speak about it perhaps in an online class would that be an example of using virtual reality yes absolutely but um instead of speaking about it in the class what you would do is you share it there are platforms where you can share it and then the other students your peers can go and explore and experience this place Wow. rather than you talking about it and showing it. Okay. So they can actually go into that street and uh, be in front, front of your favorite cafe or whatever it is that you're showing or the museum um, and experience that. Yeah, so if you wanted to do uh, project-based classes, yeah. you could do that. If you don't have that much uh, time, 
you can uh, you could ask your students to use existing videos or apps for example a lot of museums now have 360 degree experiences that you can have and you just go to their website and it loads onto your on your computer or if you have a headset on the headset and you can be let's say in in louvre and you you, you know you can see uh, an exhibition in uh, immersed into that environment. And finally, coming back to immersive VR and using it in the classroom, another uh, possibility is to use specific applications that are made for learning. Mm -hmm. There are many, many applications for all kinds of subjects like chemistry, biology, history, and so on. Not so many for English language learning yet, but um, one of them is immerse where you have basically different scenes that you can take your students to. So you have a teacher application and a student application. The students use the goggles mm -hmm. or the headset, um, and the teacher uses their desktop to facilitate the experience. And so you can take your students to different environments depending on the language that you want them to practice. For example, if you if they're learning, you've just done a unit, let's say, on shopping, you can take them to a shopping center and they go off and they look at the different things that are available to buy and they try on clothes, perhaps, and then they can talk with each other. Do you like this? What do you think about that? Whatever the language is, and then they can go to the cash register and they can pay. And actually, they have to do all these things. So it's not imagining that you're, you are in a shopping mall. You are actually in a shopping yeah. mall. That's the thing, isn't it? I think when you try and do role plays and things in, a, in the real world classroom, when I was teaching, it's, you say, oh, yeah, imagine that you're at the doctor's and you're having a conversation with the doctor. And I guess VR gives you that experience. It's very immersive. So what are some other benefits to using VR, do you think? Well, I think this is quite a big one because, you know, um, it's a great tool. It has some great use cases also for language learning where it's an authentic tool that you can use if someone wants to practice communication skills mm -hmm. and they regularly use video conferencing. Of course, you don't want <clears throat> need to take them to virtual reality. You will use um, uh, Zoom. Yeah. For example, I had um, I once wrote a chapter on technology in ESP, and one of the case studies was um, a politician who often, that was 10 years ago, often interviews in Skype. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you will take that person into Skype. That's the most authentic tool and the, the most appropriate tool for that purpose. Yeah. But if you, as we just said, if you want to practice being at the doctor's, uh, in a cafe or whatever, it's quite difficult for many students to imagine that. Even when you're in the classroom, you can, you know, you can push some tables together and so on, bring some realia into the classroom, but you're limited. Yeah. Um, and so it's a lot of cognitive load for some students to imagine the scene and, and then also play it and then do that in a different language. Mm -hmm. So with uh, virtual reality, you take them into that place it's much easier to use the language. Mm -hmm. So that's one. And generally, what we can say is virtual reality is experiential. You don't talk about what is happening. You don't read or, or watch others doing things. 
you actually do it yourself. Yeah. And because you you feel immersed, there's a feeling of presence. Mm -hmm. Usually students are very motivated. It's much more engaging. Yeah. Um, because you do things, it's also more memorable because we we remember experiences, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. But we don't necessarily uh, remember after, if you have Zoom classes for a couple of months, I doubt you remember in which months or when exactly you practice one specific language item, for example. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You would go away from the class as a student and you'd want to tell other people about what you'd experienced as well, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I don't think I would go home, for example, as a student, or you are already home when it's remote teaching, <laughs> but you wouldn't go to the kitchen to your mom or whoever and say, oh, look, we've just role played being, uh, uh, you know, at the airport. It's exactly. not that exciting, is it? But uh, you will easily find, especially if it's maybe younger students also, I say, hey, mom, you know, I've, I've been to a museum yeah. or we've just uh, dived underwater and I swam with fish. Definitely. I think it's really hard so, as well because yeah. we assume that students have experienced the things perhaps that we have as teachers, you know, something as simple as going to the doctors. But if you have a secondary student or a, a young teen, maybe they haven't done that or maybe they've never flown on a plane so they've never been to an airport. So using virtuality for that experience, I think is really, really, it's more inclusive as well, I feel. Inclusive in what way? Inclusive in the fact that if students haven't experienced something, yeah. we're not, they're not yeah. sort of like if a student hasn't traveled abroad, but many students in the country, in the class have, then we're not excluding them from the conversation because they're experiencing it as well through virtual reality, perhaps. That's, yes, that's true. That's actually a very good point you're making there. Um, <laughs> you can, sometimes we have to be extremely careful. I remember a teacher once told me, she she prepared she wanted to teach food mm -hmm. items so she had her students draw pictures of their fridges mm -hmm. and the content in their fridges and you wouldn't believe it but some teachers uh, some parents complained yeah. and said it's none of your business what's in our fridge yeah it's because tricky. you know maybe they can't afford certain things exactly i don't know um and the same of course even for more expensive experiences like having been abroad Mm -hmm. So if you want to talk about holidays after the holidays, where have you been? Kind of, you know, it's, as you said, it might not be so inclusive. But if you take them first to an experience that they can all experience together also, so you can have field trips with your students. And then they have experienced that together and they can talk about, or they can write about it. Um, I've seen, for example, virtual reality application an application that takes you into Anna Frank's and Frank's house mm -hmm. so you can go there and explore that place and, wow. and and you know it's something that you can't do no and it's with like all a, of your students yeah it's like a school field trip isn't it so they're getting to experience exactly. and have fun together yes and so you can take yeah. them to field trips mm -hmm. that's amazing and in our um first episode in this mini digital series we spoke to someone about sort of the future of VLT um, and he said that he couldn't see virtual reality becoming sort of a norm in the classroom mainly because sort of the the target market for them was um, sort of Indonesia, India and a lot of countries where perhaps there isn't as much access to technology or um, even maybe a laptop 
as there would be in some Western countries or other countries, perhaps. So what would you say to that? Do you think that um, it is still a growing market or do you think there are still some barriers to entry? Yeah, I, I listened to that. <laughs> um, no, it's 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 actually both. You know, um, first of all, I think, you know, just because some technology is not available yet to everyone, it doesn't mean we shouldn't use it with those who have access to it. Yeah. For many reasons, really. Let me go back a little bit. Uh, I just said at the beginning also that I, I've always liked technology, but some of my best classes were also with zero technology or except, you know, the marker and the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Wait, walk into the classroom and you work with the language that, that emerges and, and you add to that and you just see what happens and you work with, with, with that. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can have great experiences with that. So I don't necessarily think that classrooms where there is no technology, you can't have good teaching. You can have good teaching with no technology. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But technology opens up sometimes different experiences and it will always depend on your aims, on the context and on many factors really why it makes sense to use technology if you have it available. Mm -hmm. Now with virtual reality, it's a future technology, but it's also a present technology. As I said, my experiences with virtual reality, desktop VR, Second Life was a decade ago nearly. And uh, I wasn't the first, you know, before me, there were other people who had already started exploring it. And um, so it's, it's not that it's in a very new technology. It is being used now. It's basically, uh, it's, it's used in education also in many different fields, uh, medical, particularly architecture, also uh, engineering. So it's becoming more and more common in um, the professional world. Mm-hmm. A lot of work-based skills training is happening in VR. So I think um, it's time that we use it in language teaching as well. Mm -hmm. But it reminds me a little bit of like 10 years ago Mm -hmm. with smartphones and tablets. I remember 10 years ago, I had like one student who had a smartphone. And in pre-sessional courses, you know, mainly international students, Chinese, Middle Eastern students, there was maybe one student who had a smartphone and then the following year it was maybe two or three and then maybe one student was a tablet and now you know it's you can hardly find anyone without so you have these bring your own devices projects where students just use their own devices whereas a couple of years ago some schools had these cards with sets of tablets or sets of smartphones and you had to as a teacher you had to book them for your class yeah and this situation we have now with vr headsets you have schools where you can book uh, the vr lab or uh, and then you go into that vr lab with your students and they use whatever you planned for that lesson you have a field trip or they use an application visiting a place or whatever they have to do. And then, you know, you use that in your class. So you have that same kind of situation. But already you have now many students who own VR headsets for gaming. Mm -hmm. And always gaming is the first. (laughs) They are very quick with uh, embracing new technologies. So you have those. And then now you will have many who who use it um, at their workplace so people already own VR headsets. It is 
already here. It is being used. It is also now being used uh, in English language teaching, finally. Mm -hmm. And I think we will see a lot more. People now um, are getting familiar with it because we have moved online. Now the next step is how can we improve this online experience? And it's quite natural then to find virtual reality is actually the next step. Yeah, I guess because obviously the pandemic moved everything online very quickly and a lot of language schools and, and teachers or freelancers didn't have a chance to sort of prepare themselves for that. Um, so I guess if this had happened maybe two years in the future, um, then maybe we, we would sort of be au fait with the technology around virtual reality and teachers might be more up to date. But then on the other hand, like you said, from my experience of working in language schools, when new technologies come in, such as we had um, a class where we had to book out iPads. This was maybe two years ago. Um, so we had to book out iPads and do a session on an iPad. Um, and many teachers didn't like it because it was new. It was a sort of technology that they weren't used to. So they would just book out the iPads, but actually not use them at all. So it's really interesting what you're saying, because I think yeah. you're right. Even if it doesn't involve the VR headsets, even using the 360 video is something that would make classes a lot more immersive. Absolutely. And you see, uh, you have you have these three different types of VRs. You can also use desktop VR. Most of the desktop VR applications are actually for free. Okay, that's good to know. At least they have a free version. So whether it's Second Life or Old Space VR or... VR chat or all of these and more and more of them are being developed now really and mm -hmm. you can just download them and explore them yeah and use them for a session as an experimental session you know as a teacher you don't necessarily have to say I know everything about this here look there is this new technology let's try it out and you can explore it with your students as long as you can fit it into the curriculum and it makes sense and you might want to use perhaps a language point such as, um, I don't know, modal verbs, you know, might this work for language teaching? Could you do this in uh, virtual reality? Whatever it is you're practicing. Yeah, they present about the experience, for example, they say whether they like it or not. I was going so to you, ask you about what yeah. you think the first steps would be for a teacher. So I guess it would be that, wouldn't it? Just getting to know it and maybe just practicing it with students. Exactly. You can, if you're courageous enough, you can practice it with your students immediately, but you can also explore it on your own. Mm -hmm. As I said, um, download the free versions and just try it out. And then uh, once you try it out, really, then the ideas come. But you also don't have to do this on your own. There are um, groups for educators. Again, um, back in, uh, in the Second Life, times when many of us were exploring desktop VR, we formed a teacher group, a community of practice, if you want to, and we had regular meetings where it's firstly, it's more fun when you're in, in such an environment together and you go on field trips and you exchange ideas of how you could use these in your lessons. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also less frustrating. There are, you know, uh, teachers who know more than you and that you can learn from them. And this exists now with virtual, with um, immersive VR as well. For example, there is a Facebook group called Educators in VR. Mm -hmm. They have a website too, and they, they do exactly the same thing. They meet regularly in different spaces. They explore different applications and discuss how this can be used. So join one of these groups 
download some of the tools, try them out. If you have headsets, you know, download some of the applications onto your headset that, that are available and, and just try them out. And then with your students, I always suggest start small. Virtual reality is the best technology now and you have to use it for your whole class. Mm -hmm. I always think blended options are the best. So you can always have part of your lesson in virtual reality or you might even ask your students to explore something outside the classroom. Yeah. And then in the classroom, you talk about it or you do something in the classroom and afterwards you send them to a virtual reality uh, environment and, and they do something after class. So it doesn't even need to be within your lesson, mm -hmm. um, depending on your situation. But yeah, start small. Don't pretend you know everything. Make it clear it's experimental and just use it for part of your lesson, for the practical part, for example, and see how it goes. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice because I think teachers are often nervous about sort of trying to use a new technology, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. And so would you use some of these virtual reality activities that you've mentioned alongside a standard course book? So would they be activities that you'd have to come up with yourself? Or have you seen any course books or any materials um, that have tried to incorporate virtual reality activities? I don't know any course book no, <laughs> that would be very either. advanced. Whoever, whichever publisher wants to be first, I'd be <laughs> interested to get involved in that. Um, yeah, I think we have a lot of teachers and editors who are interested in this, so that might be something to explore. But um, yeah, so there are, you will find a lot online, you know, as I said, teachers have done it already, maybe not necessarily for language teaching, mm -hmm. uh, but you can look at what, what they've done in other areas in with other subjects. But there are also applications that come with lesson plans. Okay. Again, I, I mentioned Immerse because I work for Immerse online as a research manager also currently. Mm -hmm. In Immerse, you have ready-made lesson plans, so you can go, it's the ones with the scenes, so you, you, in which you can take students into different scenes in fully immersive VR, and there are embedded lesson plans, so each scene, in each scene, you have lesson plans, CFR uh, aligned, so you can search for the kind of language you want to teach, or whether it's functional language, or grammar point, or vocabulary, and you can also search for the level of your uh, of the lesson or of your student's language level mm -hmm. and you can use those lesson plans but it's also includes a, a planning hub where you can plan your own lessons based on your curriculum so if you're using a specific course book and you have to follow that then once you you've maybe seen how the lessons are planned for virtual re reality you can use those as starting points and then adapt them to, to your own needs or, mm -hmm. or write lesson plans from scratch. And is that a free platform to use or is it a subscription? Uh, Immerse actually is, a, you, pay, you pay per minute. So it's mainly for language schools, but individual teachers could use it as well. So okay. basically for the teacher, it's for free, the teacher, uh, teacher application. So you can explore it, learn how to use it and plan your lessons and you don't pay anything. But then when you take your students into the app, you pay per minute. Okay. Um, and then many other applications, for example, there is also one 
if you want to use 360-degree videos with uh, pre-recorded situations, like in a bakery, and you want to learn French, uh, you can participate in these dialogues. They have, um, I think it's also for institutions, I don't know about their pricing, but there is usually a free application or some free lessons that you can try out. Mm -hmm. And do you think that as it becomes more popular or more common for people to use that there will be more content, more lesson plans, and then in turn things will get cheaper? Because at the moment, I think the thing that puts people off is the fact that it is quite costly. Like you said, if you don't have a headset, maybe a school would have to invest in that. And if you have to pay per minute for experiences, perhaps that might put people off as well. Yeah, definitely the prices are coming down, like with every technology. When it's new, it's... uh more pricey. I can say if you want the convenience that uh, it's a safe environment and the scenes have been built for you and there are lesson plans and so on, obviously you pay for that. Mm -hmm. There are free options like let's say Mozilla Hubs or Second Life that um, you don't need anything extra. You already have your laptops for example Mm -hmm. and um, there might be paid options but there are also free options. So it really, but then you have to put in your own time Mm -hmm. building scenes for example, you know, writing onboarding document uh, documents for your students and all that kind of thing. So you you don't have that support. So it depends really uh, what your situation is. Do you have money and want convenience or you don't have money and and you want to do it all by yourself. But the price is definitely coming down. And then what some schools are doing is actually they're not investing in the, in, in the headsets. They um, advertise it for students who already have headsets or they sell the course as a bundle with the headset. Okay. And uh, this is particularly convenient if your students are online and remote, because if you, let's say you're based in the UK as a language school, but you have international students, you don't want to be uh, sending expensive headsets around the world, you yeah. know, even if they buy it from you. So it makes sense to, to uh, target perhaps students who already have headsets, or um, you can guide them to where they can buy headsets locally. Mm-hmm. Or use desktop VR at the beginning and see whether students are interested, you know, and then go the next step using headsets. And I guess, as you said, if you do use the 360 videos, perhaps that already exist on YouTube, or if you just create one on your phone, then that's free, I guess, isn't it? And that's just an introduction. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And do you personally have any success stories of using virtual reality with students? Or have you heard of any teachers introducing virtual reality that has been successful? Yeah, I mean, I haven't taught with fully uh, immersive VR yet. I'm uh, mainly busy with researching and Mm -hmm. working with researchers because we need a lot of research in this field now. Previously, yes, in Second Life, I taught business English classes, general English classes, and I also documented all of that online in my blog. Now, a lot of it is happening in Japan or in Asian countries. They are usually, I don't know what they're more fond of technology, but there are actually language schools who they used to use it in class. Mm -hmm. So with local students in the classroom. So that's an option, but you can, of course, use it also for online teaching where your students are are not in the same location. Some uh, language schools like uh, EC have signed up, for example. They've been using it. They are offering summer camps in virtual reality 
we have now uh, International House Manchester, and they want to try hybrid learning that includes virtual reality elements. Yeah, I think maybe summer camps is a really good way to go because that sort of tends to be younger learners, but not too young, you know, sort of 10 to maybe 18, perhaps, that would really benefit from using that. So maybe this time next year, it could be something that we see a lot more of. Absolutely, yes. Of course, the answer is yes to this question. Um, But do you think VR is the future of ELT? And what else do you see happening in the digital world of ELT in the future? Yeah, I, I maybe answered that already. It's basically the present and the future. Yeah. It's already the present uh, technology for some language schools. Um, but uh, we will hear more of it in, in the future. Yeah, it will be a bit like with online teaching perhaps in the beginning. You know, we've had language school teaching online now for quite a few years. But uh, only last year, everybody had to go online. I don't think virtual reality will be the only technology always all other online teaching. It has, uh, as I said earlier, all tools have their place or environments, if you want. Yeah, but it will be more common. I think students will also start asking, and that's happening, actually. You know, do you offer VR classes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last year was um, emergency remote teaching, so... And now that many see that actually online will either be forced on them for longer or they like the experience and they want to keep it. Now schools are trying to improve the experience Mm -hmm. and some of it with virtual reality. This is where we see a lot of interest now in virtual reality. They say, yes, that's it. You know, we want um, something that is more like the physical classroom, perhaps. But generally, whether it's with VR or without VR, and this year will be the year where everybody is trying to improve the online experience. Yeah. I think the focus will be now also a bit on the student experience, not just the technology, because last year, as you said, schools and teachers were not prepared. So they actually had to uh, grapple with the technology and Perhaps some of the teaching wasn't as good as that teacher could do in the classroom. They will again now, hopefully, and that's what I've been hearing, focus more on how can we um, improve the the, the student experience, the learning experience. Yeah, that's really, really crucial, isn't it? Um, So you mentioned your blog. And so how can people read more about your research and find out more about virtual reality? Are there any conferences, webinars or your own personal website that you'd recommend? So my personal website, I um, at the moment, really, I'm focused on this virtual reality topic. And I I blog about that. So nargiscan.com is my website. Mm -hmm. And if you go to resources and virtual reality, you can find all my past and present experience with virtual reality and the resources. I've also been blogging on the Immerse website, mm-hmm. so immerse.online. Excellent. Again, just to say, well, one thing that is important for me is that teachers shouldn't be afraid mm-hmm. of using and trying out technology. You don't have to leave everything aside and, and try this new technology, but try start start experimenting with it or join at least some educator groups and see what is happening so that you're aware this is coming and so that 
teachers and language schools are not surprised like they were last year. Yeah, excellent. And um, I've learned so much, honestly. I a lot of my questions were based around the headsets, and I realise now that that's <laughs> just only one part of it. There's so much more to it. So yeah, you've opened my eyes. Thank you very much. I wish I had some students so I could try it out, but I might just play around myself and see what happens. I, I hear many teachers say that, really. Yeah, many teachers are excited. So usually you see uh, the tendency of teachers being reluctant, yeah. you know, not another technology, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of excitement around it, and um, that's, that's good to see and to hear. Definitely. And thank you so much for coming on and for having a chat and for sharing your expertise as well. It's been really great. Thank you very much. So thanks for listening to our episode today. We really hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on our social media channels. So do feel free to get in touch on Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn. Our next mini series will be looking at ELT buzzwords. So common words or phrases that are found in ELT teaching or publishing. If you would like to be on the show, do feel free to get in touch and share your ideas or specialism. You can send us an email at info at eltcpd.com. Our next mini series will be launching on the 26th of July, starting with mediation. Make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube and your favourite podcast site to be the first to hear when the episode goes live. Until then, bye for now. <laughs>